they invited the Wigglers, who lived in the east, to come have hoo pudding and famous roast beast. They drank some bizwibbit and snacked on fried gruel. And then Mr. Bizzlebork stood on a stool. He opened his mouth and he said, I have news. The forests are burning because of the Jews. Yeah, that's it right there. That's the line. Oh man, you're right. I never caught that. You're listening to Questionable Material. Produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Achievable Olympics. I was wondering um, if I'm a qualified athlete for uh, for the Olympics. I've always wanted to 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 you know win the gold. Absolutely, uh, you qualify. W- what is it that you do? Oh, I, I, I'm a I'm a comedy writer. I just I, I like to sit around and um, I write jokes, but I also um, I yeah I like video games. Okay, well, uh, there's a couple different categories that I think right off the bat you might be good for. Uh, there's the uh, tennis ball put. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me about that, please. Well, uh, are you familiar with shot put? Of course. Well, as you know, those shot put balls are uh, quite hefty. I, I tried to pick one up once. Couldn't do it. Yeah. They're heavy. So what we thought was, well, what would level the playing field for those of us who want to be shot putters, but don't really want to deal with the heaviness of a traditional shot put? And I thought tennis balls. I mean, tennis balls are no walk in the park, but I can lift them. They are something that's accessible to 98% of, of the uh, global community. And so therefore we thought we opened up that event and, and that filled up pretty quickly. But uh, this, I mean, would you like to represent a particular country or, or state or something? Oh, they're by countries and by states? Yeah, well, we're trying to, you know, what, what, what we found was that we had uh, 10 slots for the uh, tennis ball put team and those filled up very quickly. So we thought, well, there are 50 states, so why not? Uh, break it down to states as well. So now we have 500 slots and there's actually one for you uh, in Oklahoma. Okay, never been. And there's uh, one in Utah. Okay, I was there once. And uh, one in Idaho. You know, I feel like I should represent Utah. You want to represent Utah? Mm-hmm. Okay then. Uh, so you could be on the official uh, Utah tennis ball put team. So, uh, you know, the Achievable Olympics starts next Thursday. It'll be on uh, NBC. Proper NBC? No, no, it's, it's technically it's NNBC. Well, what's NNBC? Not NBC. <laughs> I, I, I have, I have about a thousand of those channels on my cable. Yeah. So it's going to be on one of those. And do I, have I won the gold yet? Well, you have to participate and there's, oh. there's a bunch of different levels. I mean, first of all, three medal categories is a little, um, light. If you ask yeah. me. Gold, silver, bronze. Yeah, I get it, but it's unfair. And there's plenty of other metal out there in the world. Uh, there's platinum, there's titanium, there, there's tin. There's aluminum. Aluminum or aluminum if you're from the UK. Uh, there is uh, franconium, uh, mercury, which is a mm-hmm. hell of an award to win. Yeah. I, do, do they hand it right to you? Do they put it right in your hand? Well, they, they, you just, they put it in your hand and there's a ribbon attached to it. Oh, cool. It doesn't hang on to the ribbon. (laughs) Okay. Unless you're standing somewhere that's like minus 300 degrees. 
in which case you die, but your metal is intact. Well, I've only been to Utah once. Does it get that cold there? Uh, if you go to the top of the mountains in Utah, it gets quite cold. There's a lot of good skiing there. You can get yourself a martini that's exactly one ounce of vodka or gin. Hmm. Um, and if you ask them to give you three martinis and pour them in one normal martini glass, they'll say they can't do that. Well, that must drive someone like you who sounds like somewhat of an alcoholic crazy. Well, I guess, but that's what you get in some states when, uh, you know, they people make weird rules. Yeah, absolutely. It's weird that you would bring that up. Uh, you know, I could just hear the anger in your voice. That's You all. know, it's just a memory I have of being in Utah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, so tell me about some other now, you know, I feel like I've, I may have committed too early to the to the tennis ball put competition because I'm, you know, that sounds like I might have to train and that is definitely not my bag. Mm -hmm. Um, I try not to, uh, exert myself. I try not to get my heart rate above 50 beats per minute. So, um, what, uh, what else is there for me? Well, uh, in the winter sports, we have the Athlon. Oh, the Athlon. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about the Athlon. Well, you just take your pick of one activity and you just do that. Like coloring? You know, we don't want to confuse people. You, you know, you're going to be, what, running on skis and then firing a rifle? That's crazy. We have the halflin. Oh, what's the halflin? It's a javelin that we cut in half to make it more throwable. <laughs> okay. And the other thing is, you know, we're not going to get all up in your face about technique. You want to throw that thing like an ancient Greek? Go for it. You just want to whip it like you're throwing a, a stick at a dog? Go for it. It's your call. It's your style. It's your achievable Olympics. Can I bring some sort of uh, machine that will uh, toss the half a javelin for me? Yeah, the sharper image has one. Great, great. Was well, as, as a as a commentator who sits around, I, I do have a little bit of money that I don't use for things like keeping myself uh, healthy or alive past fifty five. So uh, I could definitely spend some money on this. Well, uh, you're all welcome to do it. Uh, that is one of the options, of course. There are so many different options. We have the dash. We have the relay. Uh, the relay is a little different in that you use walkie-talkies. <laughs> so you, you, you're running around the track, yeah. and you instead of a baton, you hand a walkie-talkie to your, to your partner? No, you just call them on your walkie-talkie and say, just start going now. We notice there's a lot of wasted time when people are just standing there waiting to get their relay baton. Now, tell me about the dash. The dash is just exactly what you'd think. It's just people running around. And, you know, are we going to get uptight if you, which direction you're going? No. Uh, do we care how far you go? No. It's more about your enthusiasm. And we learned this from Paula Abdul as a judge in American Idol. It's not about your, your technique. It's not about your skill. It's about your enthusiasm in uh, performing your duties as a, as a dasher. That's fantastic. Is there anything, everything you're saying just sounds so active yes. and exhausting. Is there anything just like a little bit where we can sort of pull back the reins on me moving around? Uh, well, there's the pool noodle. Oh, tell me about that. You just grip on a pool noodle. You just hold on to a pool noodle yeah. and that's an event? You and all the other athletes will be in a pool, a large, uh, achievable Olympic-sized pool, and you <laughs> will uh, hold on to your pool noodle. Now that, you know, I might like to switch over from the, the tennis put because already I'm, you know, breaking into a, a cold sweat. Uh, I can switch you right now. You want to stick with Utah? 
Oh, for sure. Okay. They're my people. Being me, I really need ways to impress girls um, that are not uh, in any way associated with being me. Does that make sense? Yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Is, so do you have an event that might really, really um, make a, a girl want to um, lower her standards and be with me? You want to get the benefits of being a star athlete without actually the effort of being a star athlete. Correct. I want, but especially the benefit where a, a woman will um, lay in bed with you naked um, with the lights out so she won't see your body, but maybe with light, uh, like a spotlight on her so I could see her body. You've heard of auto-tune. Yeah, of course. Many uh, musicians today take advantage of auto-tune technology, which makes lousy singers sound like okay singers. Well, there's athletune technology. What? It makes mediocre athletes look like good athletes through the, through the use of digital enhancement. That's great. Oh, what does it digitally enhance? It digitally enhances your performance as an athlete. Now, I have to warn you, the people who are live on premises watching you uh, compete will see the real you. But those on television will see uh, a much better performing, uh, better form, better style athlete. And, and that's what you're going to want to have your uh, prospective love interest to watch. Do not invite them to the field. They will see you in uh, you know, your true colors. And that's not what you want, it sounds like. No, no, it's not what anyone would want. Well, yeah, let, let, let's do that. Can you sign me up for that, please? Put me down for one of those packages. Done. Uh, where, where are the games this year? Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie, New York. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have gotten uh, some promises from the Poughkeepsie Town Council to build a, a 35,000 room hotel. Oh my gosh, that's that's a hell of an outlay. Yes, they're gonna they're and they're gonna take taxpayer money. They're gonna build this ginormous hotel because it's gonna bring people to Poughkeepsie. Right now, most people, you know, they say Poughkeepsie. What's in Poughkeepsie for me? And the answer is not a lot. But when they have a thirty-five thousand room hotel and an arena, the Poughkeepsie Thunderdome, <laughs> people are going to flood to Poughkeepsie. This is how the Olympics work, and this is how the achievable Olympics works. So they'll build a Thunderdome. Yes. Build a 35,000 room uh, Olympic village and, slash hotel. And convention center. Wow. And training and facility. Must, oh my gosh. So that must be, an, I mean, an incredible amount of money. It'll be used for one week, and then what will happen with it? Have you been to Sochi? <laughs> hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. So uh, I don't know if you saw this in the news recently, but uh, Mr. Potato Head um, is no longer Mr. Potato Head. No. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they've decided that um, uh, calling Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head, two different um, Potato Head figures you can buy, was, um, was not really very 2021. They felt a little, uh, I guess, problematic to label um, a fake potato as a man or as a woman, because when you have a fake plastic potato, to assign it a gender is, um, you know, unconscionable. Uh, you know what? I didn't want to go there, but yeah, it's just unconscionable. It's unconscionable. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's just, you know, they're removing those uh, uh, abominations from store shelves mm -hmm. and we'll be replacing them just with 
potato head. Okay. And you know, and you can make it a, a boy or a girl if you want, or 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 anything in between. So you know, de- definitely, it's going to be much easier uh, for the kids to be able to relate to. Um, potatoes that are as genderless as the ones that grow in the ground in Idaho. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse to me than a masculine or feminine potato. Oh, it really is. Cause then you have to sit down and, and, and explain to your kids that, you know, potatoes, there's a spectrum of potatoes. Yeah. We had a dinner the other night and a, my wife made baked potatoes and one of them had a penis and sure. my kids were asking daddy, is that a man potato? And I'm like, well, no, let's talk about this. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really smart. Where where does your wife um, shop for her uh, sp- uh, potatoes? Whole Foods. Oh, uh, oh, did you say Whole Foods? No, I didn't. Uh, you said instead Whole Foods. Oh, well, I'm not familiar with Whole Foods. It's just it's like organic foods that are sexier and sassier and a little more liberal. Really? They're just a little more laid back, uh, less restrained, more more freewheeling. Okay. So something you would typically get like at Whole Foods would be some like um, free range grass fed uh, uh, beef, yeah. for example. Like how, how, what would they sell that at, at Whole Foods? Free love ass fed beef. Wait a minute. They, so they feed the cows up their, up their pooper? No, no, no. It's just an expression. Uh, they, oh. they get it on in the grass if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to feed that beef to my kids. Free loving beef. Ah, yeah. Okay, and and what about the, you know something like um, uh, you know um organic uh, vitamin D infused uh two uh, percent milk. Well, uh, they have orgasmic <laughs> vitamin D infused two percent milk from Pretty Titties. <laughs> okay, all right. It's Whole Foods. It's Whole Foods <laughs> from, from Pretty Titties, you said? Yes. So anyway, so fortunately, you know, they've made this this wonderful decision to um to strip gender from uh, the potato heads. And I was wondering, uh, you know, I hear that there are a bunch of sort of classic toys that are, are going to be changing their toys in some fashion to really sort of fit with the times, to not be so offensive and exclusionary and stuff. And I was wondering if you could tell me about some of the changes in toys that that we can look forward to that are coming up. Yeah, I've I've actually been on the board of the Toy Equity Council and uh, I've had a lot to do with with these kind of uh, decisions because I I believe these are all in the best interest of uh, society and growth and moving forward and being progressive and leaning in. Yeah. No, that's great, man. Well, thank you for your service on the council. Thank you. Um, so I was wondering, you know, here's a classic, you know, I know my son loves these. I know your kids love this sort of thing. Uh, GI Joe. Yeah. So what, what sort of big changes can we expect to, to GI Joe in 2021? Well, I mean, first of all, um, GI Joe suggests a male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're going to be changing it to GIJ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, G.I.J. will still have some weapons. Of course, it's a military force. It right. has to have it. But there'll also be uh, different modules that you can add to your your G.I.J. figurines. There'll be different outfits. I mean, sure, there's the military outfit, but then there's also the the nightclubbing outfit, the uh, gender nonconforming outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. why do why do soldiers have to wear uh, fatigues? Why can't they go to battle in a lavender onesie? 
Well, the answer is they can, because we need to think, you know, we need to be open-minded, we need to be equitable and inclusive. Um, they need uh, training, military training, of course. Yeah. But they also need anti-racism training. <laughs> um, so there's, there'll be modules you can add to your GIJ force. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also there'll be a diversity of characters. You know, obviously the figurines can't just be white dudes. Sure. There need to be uh, strong role models for all races, all religions. Uh, there'll be uh, obviously black and Asian, uh, Native American, who are kind of like, you know, they're, they're on the GIJ fighting force, but they're kind of like, but wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then you've got, you know, you have the, the, the Christian forces, the atheist forces, the Jewish forces, the Muslim forces. Um, and, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a diverse range of, of figures. Um, and you said Scientology GI Joe is sort of going to be controversial. What, what's the deal with that one? Well, the Scientology GI Joe is, is very short. <laughs> and uh arguably gay and uh -huh. but, you know will will kind of you know push the scientology message uh, amongst sure. these other forces no I, I love arguably gay action figures that's i try to always buy them for my my kids yeah that's right i have my kids had the paul lind action figure <laughs> right Oh, my, my, my son still loves to play with the rock Hudson one. And he's like, he still argues with me. No daddy, he is straight. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's like, I love those arguments you can have with your kids yeah. over toys. They're like yeah. that's, those are arguments you'll never forget. Yep. Yeah. That's really great. And, um, you know, there are some classic characters in GI Joe, you know, what sort of changes are you going to make to someone like Sergeant Slaughter? Well, I, I think Slaughter has a negative connotation. I think to anybody they know right off the bat, Slaughter is kind of a negative uh, so Sergeant Hugs, it'll be with two G's. Oh, that's so, nice. You know, it suggests warmth, but it's not necessarily beating you over the head with it. And he's missing a left arm. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> How's he going to hug people? Well, with one arm. I mean, we don't want to be ableist and, sure. and suggest that, you know, an embrace requires two arms. Mm -hmm. You can do it with one arm. You can do it with two legs. Uh, you okay. Know, if you make it a little humpy though, doesn't it? Sometimes if you've been hugged by somebody with two legs, then yes. You know, one of the most enjoyable things about GI Joes are like the, um, the vehicles, you know, you've yes. got like this cool, um, you know, boat with missiles and machine guns on them and, you know, ATVs with, uh, you know, rocket launchers, yep. you know, what, how are you going to change some of the, the vehicles to be a little bit more 2021? Well, there's a one that has got six wheels, six really hardcore looking rubber wheels that are basically cool. bullet, bulletproof. Yeah. And it's nice. like a driver position, driver and co-driver kind of positions in the front. And in the back, you have a team that enters from the back and they monitor the hate crime radar. And so that's a giant dish. Okay. Yeah. Well, how do they, how do they determine hate crimes? It's just kind of like, oh, I think that that's offensive to me. That's a hate crime. And then it just kind of focuses in the radar dish will focus in and it can launch a projectile at the hater. Oh, that's really nice. So Cobra Commander must do all his work just on Twitter saying like a, a semi-objectionable things. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, G.I. Joe, I and mean, that's great improvements, Brian. Well, Thank you for your uh, input on that. G.I. Yeah, G.I.J. <laughs> um, now, here's an interesting one. The Rubik's Cube. Yep. Now what, I mean, that's, there's nothing offensive about a Rubik's cube. There's nothing uh, wrong about that. We're not going to look back 
history is not going to look back at a Rubik's cube and say, what were we thinking? Uh, well, I disagree. And our, our, our panel came to the conclusion that a Rubik's cube uh, is like a standardized test. You know, okay. it's unfair. Not everyone can complete it. Not everyone gets that satisfaction of turning that jumble of colors into solid squares on each side. So what do you do? Well, you make all the sides one color. Okay. Oh. Then you can twist away to your heart's content. You can be good at it. You can be bad at it. But at the end, when you put that cube down, uh, whether it's 10 seconds after it was handed to you or two minutes, you're going to be correct. Wow. That's great. So I, I'm guessing there are, so it's six sides, nine little squares on each side. So that would be 54 squares of what, just of gray? There'll be multiple colors. Because okay. Why would we limit it? I mean, for first of all, it, it, one color suggests uh, that one color is better than another. Right. So That's if you do point. all the colors, then everybody's happy. If you're, right. a, if you're a yellow kind of person, if you're a green person, if you're a blue person, red, black, white, gray, whatever, you'll be happy with the new Rubik's Cube. That's great. And, and all of your favorite colors will be on the Rubik's Cube and you're a winner the second you pick it up. Yes. You've solved the Rubik's Cube the minute you put it in your cart. It is uh, one of the most equitable decisions we've made. You know, when you talk off. about equity of outcomes, a solid color Rubik's cube is the answer. That's great, Brian. Thank you for doing this. Well, you know what? I, I'm here to help. I'm here to help us move forward. You know, I, I just, I've always felt bad because, you know, not only could I never solve it, but my kids couldn't, you know, they're eight and nine. And, um, and, and I hate for them to think that, you know, it would take a little bit of work for them to figure it out. Yeah. That's not what I want to teach my kids. Yeah. My, my older son was actually very into the Rubik's Cube and uh, knew how to solve it, learned the little algorithms, the tricks that you use to, to solve it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was very proud of him at the time. But now I realize what he did uh, is what G.I.J. would call a hate crime. <laughs> yeah, he would. G.I.J. would absolutely uh, uh, send a, a missile. Uh, at uh, your son. Yeah, exactly. For being, you know, ableist in his way. Absolutely. Now, you know, I feel bad for all those kids. Now your, your, your 13 year old son never figured out the Rubik's cube and he turned into a, a prostitute. Is that right? He's a delinquent. Yeah. Yeah. God almighty. I'm very sorry. And now, that's what can happen if you, you know, can't solve something. When you take away equity of outcomes, you get uh, things that are different. Yeah. Oh, that's chilling. I, I, let's move on from that. I don't even want to think about that. And what about the Viewmaster? You remember the old Viewmaster? You put in the cartridges and you hold it up to your face. And oh, yeah. You, you, you look through it. Wow, fun toy. Yes. Well, what's, what's wrong with the Viewmaster? Uh, the Viewmaster has been traditionally exclusive. What do you mean? Well, you know, when you've looked through it, it takes pictures of landmarks, uh, of accomplishments, uh, mainly by, um, you know, Western European society. Yeah, I guess uh, so. The Big Ben, uh, the Golden mm -hmm. Gate Bridge, mm -hmm. the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> the Great Flugenfork of Norway. Yeah, okay. And uh, they have not focused enough on the achievements outside of the Western world. So it's basically a Western chauvinist uh, viewing device. <laughs> I guess so. So what's the fix? Well, the fix is to have more uh, photo uh, wheels, as we call them, mm -hmm. to put into the Viewmaster that will be more inclusive of other cultures and their achievements. 
Okay. Like the great mud huts of Huang Kao, which don't get enough attention. Mm-hmm. Um, the raised village of Central African Republic. Oh, okay. So uh, they don't know the name of it. The sign was actually burned down in the burning down of the village, but you know, it's an achievement. It's a thing that exists uh-huh. outside of this Western world. Yeah. Um, llamas. <laughs> just a just a picture of a couple llamas in a in a desert or a wherever Peru would be. Peru loves llamas. They have llamas. They have the child soldiers of Congo. Okay, right. Um, the narco syndicates. <laughs> you know, they, there's beautiful narco syndicate labs that are very uh, state of the art. Yeah, poppy fields. Yeah, poppy fields of Afghanistan. Yeah. You know, it needs to be more, uh, have a more diverse view of the world. That's great. Well, I can't wait to get my kids some photos of poppy seeds and child soldiers. I'm excited for Christmas. I I, I am too. Uh, Here's, I mean, an all-time classic. They're still around. We have one in our house. Cabbage Patch Dolls, the must-have impossible item to find for Christmas in 1984, 1985, an all-time classic toy. Now, how are you guys revamping Cabbage Patch dolls to make them um, not so darn offensive? Every Cabbage Patch doll will come with a birth certificate, which is what they were known for, and a little a pouch filled with a variety of genitals uh, and their <laughs> Velcro. And you'll be able to stick the genitals on and create the Cabbage Patch that you want. Mm-hmm. So if you want the two boobs and a penis, you got it. You want one boob and a vagina, you got it. You want nice. a vagina for breasts, not a problem. You want a vagina <laughs> penis breast, no problem. And then what you do is you get together with your friends and you can all mix around your different genitals and, and plug them all in and create some really fascinating uh, and biologically uh, acceptable and real uh, creatures. That's great. Yes. God, kids are so lucky nowadays. They really are. Um, real quick, last one, yeah. Hot Wheels. Yeah. Every kid has Hot Wheels. You know, boys, girls, you get a little toy car, you zoom, you're, you know, four or five years old, you're doing that whole thing. Awesome. And they're cheap, you know, so you can get them for like 99 cents uh, nowadays. I mean, it's great. What's wrong with a Hot Wheel? Well, I mean, they promote gasoline, fossil fuels usage. Mm. And I guess. Yeah. What? So the future is uh, electric vehicles and that's why uh, it'll be uh, strictly Tesla's and Chevy Volts. Okay. And- <laughs> I guess so. Like, you know, if you buy your kid a, a, like a Chevy Volt Hot Wheel, like what feature would it have? It bursts into flames. Oh God. Yeah. Spontaneously. So, so you don't know when it's going to happen. You when never your know. Child's car- yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. And then uh, the Tesla, the you know, going doors has uh, has going doors on both sides. Yeah, but only one works. So it's like it makes your kid think about lo- logistical challenges. Like, well, how do I get my family out of the SUV uh, if the only going door that opens is facing a wall? <laughs> yeah, to get kids ready for life's challenges. Yes, especially if they get a Tesla. <laughs> okay, well. Um- well, there you go. You know, great, great stuff, Brian. You know, I really appreciate um, you changing the face of toys, uh, you know, for, for future generations. I just want kids to be happy. And, you know, that's all this is designed for. 
You know my friend Brad? Yeah, I know your friend Brad. He had a screening. So of what? Of his new movie called Blood. Oh, is that the one with Skeet Ulrich? It is. Yeah. It's, wow. It's got Skeet Ulrich in it. He's playing a dad. And the movie's super creepy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was some, you know, back in the olden times, you used to have screenings in a screening room. Sure. Like at the Director's Guild Theater. So it was pretty cool. But this is just in your living room now because they just stream them. Also in the old days, you used to have movie stars in your movies. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, but anyway, but okay. So, so he's got this new movie that, and this is real. So you can it all, is real. Yeah, it's called, can find this movie on IMDb and see Brad's name and see that this is a real person. Yeah. When it comes out, it's, it's uh, called blood and it was, but it, what, this was the rough cut was, so it's kind of funny. Cause like there are certain things in it that the graphics haven't been done yet. So there's yeah. supposed to be this very scary tree, but it's actually just a, right now it's just the stump. Uh-huh. And then you know, it's on the top, it said VFX coming. So like you're watching the movie, like, oh, it's a scary tree. But anyways, very scary movie. Uh, Skeet did a very good job. All the actors did. Very, and sure. it's a super creepy movie. I think, I don't, do you like horror movies? No, I hate horror movies. Do you really? I really do. I do not, I find no joy in them. Oh, that's his forte. But, uh, but he also does other things. And sure. I, as you know, he likes to, he, he really wants to give you a role. He's looking to hire you so badly. He sees the potential that you have. And so he gave me three scripts. For okay. you to uh, to uh, audition for, and as you know, he insists that you read it cold. You haven't seen it before. You have to do a cold read, and you can't break character, or you can't have the role. He's strict that now, way. He is strict that way. I mean, I like look. If he's casting Skeet Ulrich, then I know I have a chance to be a lead in a movie. A doughy forty six year old has a chance to be a movie star in Brad's world, and I want to do it. I want to get out of the house and make a movie. Well then, uh, here's your first opportunity. It's coming your way. Great. I'm going to open it. Having never seen this, and I'm I've never t- read what is about to enter my inbox. Uh, yeah, this is a new movie called The Modern Artist. Ooh. And it's about- Oh, someone's after an Oscar, yeah, I think. I believe it's shot in New York, so. Oh, perfect. So I haven't, I've opened it. I have not uh, begun reading it. Okay. Uh, it's about a modern artist. All right, so Interior Art Gallery. Famous art critic Arthur Delancey, who I'll be playing, enters the gallery where an exhibit is underway. Jonathan Naylor, the artist that you'll be playing, recognizes him and approaches. Oh, Mr. Delancey, uh, what a pleasant surprise. I thought you flew back to London. I changed my itinerary after being told by yet another person that your exhibit was a must-see. Oh, thank you. I told everyone how flattered I would be if you came. I'd be happy to show you around. That would be most appreciated. I'll just put my wet umbrella in that bucket full of umbrellas over there. Oh, no, that's not an umbrella stand. That's actually one of my newest pieces. Incredible. It looks just like a five-gallon bucket with umbrellas in it. Yes, I call it et tu, Brute. It's a reflection on the assassination of Julius Caesar. The umbrellas represent the assassin's daggers, and the five-gallon bucket from Home Depot represents Julius Caesar's back. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. It was challenging. I can only imagine. Oh my, what have we here? Someone must have stolen the canvas of this painting and just left the frame. Actually, it's just an empty frame. To demonstrate how beauty is in the eye of the beholder, we all look at it and see something different. Brilliant. What do you see? I see a blue dot. Might I ask what you see? Yesterday, I saw a beautiful winter landscape, but today I see Jennifer Aniston eating a quiche made from cat butts. Truly genius. 
Oh my, it appears as though an aged Asian woman is having a baby in the middle of the gallery. That's my girlfriend, Yoko Ono. Every half hour, she gives birth to a potato. Ah, a celebration of motherhood. And then that potato is sliced and fried in peanut oil. Of course, insightful commentary on how childhood affects us. And then the chips are distributed to the people in the gallery to be eaten. <gasps> Signifying how society consumes you. Now I see why you're considered the world's greatest art critic. Oh, you flatter me. Oh, I can do more than flatter you. My dear boy, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my, is this one of your pieces? <laughs> you're very good at modern art. Thank you. People are taking pictures of my installation. Oh my, I'm going to make a Jackson Pollock. Aim for the canvas. I thought maybe in the first half of that, you know, I didn't break. I thought, okay, I think, uh, I think I got a roll. It was going pretty strong for you. <laughs> yeah. I was feeling, I was feeling like you might do it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, the wheels fell like off. A, yeah. Wheels fell out, fell off and into my mouth. <laughs> well, strange film. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, that's too bad. Well, that's okay because we have two more rolls. Okay, great. I'm really want to get one. Sounds like you just sent it. I did. Okay. All right. This film is called Incredible Hospital. Set in a hospital, obviously. Okay, interior, doctor's office, day. I'll be playing the role of Bemis. Bemis enters Dr. Jarvis's office. You'd be playing the role of Dr. Jarvis. Ooh, great, okay. <clears throat> Mr. Bemis, the operation is over and your wife is recovering. How did it go? Well, when your wife yelled, I realized we'd forgotten the anesthesia, but I conked her and she went sleep sleeps. You conked her? Yeah, with a conker. What's a conker? The thing you put out fires with? You hit her on the head with a fire extinguisher? <laughs> okay, it's called conking in the medical profession. At any rate, it was a fairly normal liposuction. C-section. C-section? Yes. What? You mean the baby one? Yeah, you were delivering our daughter Moira? You named a clump of fat cells? <laughs> we named our baby. It was a C-section, not liposuction. Oh my God. That explains why the fat clump had eyes and was crying. <laughs> oh my God. I kept telling nurse Steve that I'd never seen a clump of fat cells with an umbilical cord before. Oh, jeez. That's what, <laughs> sorry. That's what nurse Steve said before he quit. <laughs> what did you do with Moira? Okay. Your wife is in the recovery room. No, my daughter who you mistook for fat cells. Oh, she's around. We just need to schedule a trashectomy. My baby's in the trash? We call it hazardous waste bin in the medical profession. This is so much malpractice that I think I might wind up owning this hospital. Trust me, you don't want it. It's a big headache. Well, of course, we have a whole closet dedicated to aspirin, so maybe you do want it. <laughs> LOL. You are incredibly unprofessional and I want you fired. <laughs> That's what we call a jobectomy. Do you have a supervisor? I do, but I only use it when I play tennis.
Okay. <laughs> Firstly, I need you to find my baby, and then we need to work on your careerectomy. Okay, I just need to use the bathroom. Fine. All done. (laughs) The supervisor joke may be the dumbest joke we've ever told in a year and a half of doing the show. (laughs) Uh, Shut you down. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, that's a shame. (sighs) Woo. Uh, well, we've got one more chance. Okay. This movie is more Brad's type of movie. It's a horror movie and it's okay. called Hunted by Vampires. Well, it, it sounds, you know what? Not my type, but um, it sounds sellable. It sounds well, you, like the type of movie that it gets, gets bought nowadays. You'd be good for it because you'd be, he wants you for the role of, of public defender, David Jenis. Okay. Okay. Now Great. I, I, I just got it and I've opened it, so I'm ready. Whenever right, you are. I, I'm reading the part of Mike Benton. I'm, I'm in the interrogation room. Okay. Interior, police interrogation room. Public Great. defender David Jenis enters the room holding a briefcase and a cup of coffee. He sits down across from Mike Benton. Hi, David Jenis. I've been appointed to defend you. I swear I didn't do it. You're going to think I'm nuts, but it was a vampire. You got to believe me. Vampire, huh? I know. I sound like a loon, but it's what I saw. I know it. Well, looks like you're in luck because of all the public defenders in Orange County, you got assigned the one who knows vampires exist. Are you messing with me? No, I've believed in vampires ever since I caught one attacking my wife years ago. Holy cow. Did he get her? No, she's one of the lucky ones. I got back from my trip a day earlier than scheduled. I came home, walked upstairs, opened the bedroom door. And lo and behold, I hear my wife moaning in fear while being attacked by a vampire. No way. Yup. Lucky for her, his face wasn't planted in her neck yet. He'd only made it to just below the belly button. What did you do? Well, turn on the light. My wife saw me, immediately realized I was there to help, and screamed. Wow. Yeah. The vampire leapt up and ran down the stairs as fast as lightning. He didn't fly out the window? No, the window wasn't open. It must have come through the front door because that's how it left. Hot damn, that's scary. And then about a year later, he attacked again. (laughs) No way. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be camping, but it started pouring rain. So I went home and quietly entered the house so as not to spook my wife. And? I couldn't believe my luck. Right there in front of the fireplace was my poor naked wife on all fours and moaning in fear as she tried to crawl away from the vampire. He was right behind her, pulling her hair, and I think trying to bite her neck. Oh, gosh. What did you do? Well, I made a crucifix with my fingers and walked right up to them. As soon as my wife saw me, she let out a scream of relief, and the vampire bolted out of the house. That's one determined vampire. Yup. Months later, I was flying to Europe but forgot my passport, so I got go home to get it. I hear the water running in the bathroom. I quietly open the door, and sure enough, there's my wife in the shower, eyes closed, completely unaware that a vampire was right behind her and just about to nibble on her neck. Oh my God, what did you do? Well, I yelled, the power of Christ condemns you. My wife screamed in relief, and the vampire bolted out of the shower and flew right past me. As a bat? No, he'd taken the form of Mookie Betts. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
So Mookie Betts is traded to the Dodgers, and this is the first role his agent got him. <laughs> you know, I guess Skeet Ulrich wasn't available. <laughs> Oh man, that's the big reveal at the end of this, oh, that it's Mookie Betts. <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> oh damn. Well damn, damn, did, damn. Just to help my memory, did I get any of those roles? No. No. But like multiple times over, no. Oh yeah. All right. I mean you don't don't need to rub it in. You know just what? Listen. Yes Brad has hope for you. I know he 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 sees something in you that nobody else sees, but we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna get one at some point. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta you gotta stay in character. Okay, I'll work on it for next time. That's the first rule of acting: stay in character. Yep, yep of course. I I need to I need to do better. I'm sorry. Do the work. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes another episode of Questionable Material with Jack and Brian and Mookie Betts. Uh, some great new reviews. Thank you very much for those. Those were awesome reviews that yeah. we got. Um, really, really uh, wonderful. And uh, we also got a letter from a, a listener um, the other day uh, through what email address, Brian? Uh, contact at qmpodcast.com. And, um, and, and as usual... Uh, our listeners are super like they, they, uh, joke around with us and, um, it makes it feel like they're part, they're in on the whole thing and it, it makes it uh, feel like a big, large family. You, you guys are really, uh, cool. So thank you for that. You're cool. Thank you for listening, Jack. I, again, I've told you not a fan. That was questionable material. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to review the podcast make sure to visit qmpodcast.com 